Hey, hey, I'm Christina Quinn. Welcome back to Try This from The Washington Post. This is the third of five classes in our course about how to get better sleep. In our last session, we talked with sleep therapist Lisa Strauss about managing the thoughts that keep you up at night with a cognitive behavioral therapy technique called scheduled worry time. Now we're going to devote two classes to how to deal with waking up and not being able to fall back asleep. Whether you're lying in the dark ignoring your clock or trying to avoid fears about feeling lousy in the morning, it can be isolating, a solitude matched only by just how common it is. There are lots of reasons why we wake up at night. Ideally, we roll over and fall back asleep, but other factors can make that hard to do, like stress, anxiety, or disruptions by kids and pets. Sometimes our default setting is to keep on thinking our thoughts, when what we really need is a distraction. And Lisa Strauss, our sleep expert, says it must be a soothing distraction. A limitation of the human mind is that we cannot entertain two narratives simultaneously. We can rapidly shift our attention, but at any given moment in time, we can only follow one narrative. Well, let's capitalize on that limitation of the human mind. A soothing distraction can be any number of things. But the point of it is to help you fall back asleep by breaking away from your anxious thoughts, the roving mind. So first, get out of your head and let something else do the work. A lot of times people ask me about techniques that they have read about, heard about, attempted that are not actually the right things for them. So the kinds of techniques that are not sufficient are things like visualizations, perhaps picturing yourself floating down a gentle river at night in a little boat looking up at the stars wrapped in a blanket, very soothing, let's assume very peaceful visualization for a given individual. But a shortcoming of that technique is that it doesn't last long enough. We get two minutes into the visualization, we're still wide awake, and now we're like, oh, great, now what do I focus on? There's work involved, creativity, resourcefulness, sustained focus, all things that are challenging for an exhausted human to marshal. Other techniques in this category might include muscle relaxation techniques, breathing techniques, prayer, counting backwards from a thousand by sevens. By sevens, counting back from a thousand by sevens, so like a thousand nine hundred ninety-two, and then I have to do arithmetic. Well, it would be nine ninety-three, Christina. <laughs> that's so. That's terrible. Yeah, no, it would be. Oh no. <laughs> you know, there there are three potential shortcomings of the techniques in this category. One is that they don't last long enough. One is that they're not distracting enough, and the final one is that they may be too goal-oriented, either because we kind of put our own goal orientation onto them or because they are intrinsically goal-oriented. So it's time to outsource that creative and emotional labor. You need a break. And now more than ever, you have a lot of choices. You want something that can go on for a very long time because you don't want it to run out on you if you still need it. And psychologically, you don't want to feel time closing in on you. So you want to pick very abundant resources. Books are very abundant, and there's always another one. Same thing for audiobooks. If it's podcasts, you would need to stack them so that they play in series. You want to be thoughtful about the duration of the resource that you're choosing. You're not going to literally want it to play all night because that would be like a hate joke. It could keep waking you up all night. It's like falling asleep in front of the television. It may seem obvious, but the kind of content you select is key. 
You want to pick something that is pleasant, that transports you from the problems of this world, that is natural competition for your default thoughts that you find soothing, nothing that's so compelling that it would keep you up. Again, if the content keeps you up, that's also a deal breaker. Nothing where you'd feel compelled to rewind if you miss a little of it. Something that's very simple in its themes, in its language. We're talking low-stakes story time, like children's literature, old-timey novels, short stories that don't have any heavy subtext. Lisa's patients have also had success with spiritual lectures like Dharma Talks and travel logs and autobiographies by chefs. People love British accents at that hour, male voices. I've had a million and one patients independently tell me that they listen to old episodes of Friends, and I think they feel as if they're among old friends. It's comforting for them. They're not looking at the screen. They know the episodes. So you get the idea. There's a sea of soothing content out there that's not so compelling it will keep you awake, but not so boring that your mind will default to your pesky thoughts setting. However, Lisa says, it is very important to prepare your soothing distraction in advance. You want to pick out your resources during the day. And if you're using an app that's unfamiliar to you, you want to practice the heck out of it during the day so that you're not doing battle with a weird alien creature in the middle of the night. And you want to have it all set up bedside and all queued up and blue blocked and dimmed. It's waiting for you. There is no work to do at three in the morning. You're not hunting for what to read or listen to. You never want to approach the use of soothing distraction with a goal of sleep. If you have the occasional goal-oriented thought, I hope this puts me to sleep or she told me to listen, that's okay. You're only human. But please understand that at an overarching level, you're not turning to this to put you to sleep. You may indeed fall asleep. Yay, problem solved. But the best attitude with which to approach it is... Oh, shoot, I'm awake anyway. All right, I might as well listen to my lecture series. Maybe I'll sleep, maybe I won't. Who knows? Unfortunately, it's not under my control, but at least I'll get some rest. At least it'll help me to pass the time. At least I won't be caught up in my default thoughts that are interfering with rest and peace and sleep. Okay, so it's the middle of the night. You've woken up and you want to follow Lisa's guidelines for finding just the right kind of distraction. But in order to put on your podcast or read your book on an e-reader, you need to do something that's not so great for falling back asleep. And that's looking at a screen or turning on a light. Light in the middle of the night is especially impactful, even very small amounts of it. You want to reduce your light exposure so you don't confuse your body's melatonin levels. We'll go deeper on the ins and outs of melatonin in the fifth class of the sleep course. So before you turn on the light, try this. Ladies and gentlemen, put on your safety goggles. Lisa suggests you get some blue light blocking glasses. I'm not talking about the stylish glasses with clear lenses being shilled everywhere online. I'm talking about industrial safety goggles with orange lenses, the kind that dentists use. Pop those on and your brain won't think it's time to start the day. For what it's worth, I bought a three-pack and I wear them in the evening when reading in bed. Yes, I look ridiculous. I also look safe and OSHA compliant, but I really think they help. Okay, so a quick recap. Three guidelines for soothing distraction include, number one, outsource the creative energy to distract yourself, whether it's with an audiobook, podcast, or physical book. Number two, pick something long and prep ahead of time with a queue of selected episodes or chapters. And number three, make sure to select easy listening content. And don't forget, limit your light exposure at night by wearing orange safety glasses. Those paired with your pajamas, you're going to look fabulous. 
Now, what if I told you that the reason you keep waking up at night might have something to do with your sleep drive? That's what we get into in our next session. For more resources and some good suggestions for distractions, check out our show notes. We'll be back with our fourth class next week. But if you're a Washington Post subscriber, you can access the full course right now by connecting your subscription to the Washington Post channel on Apple Podcasts. If you're not yet a subscriber, go to WashingtonPost.com slash subscribe or look for the link in our show notes. If you're enjoying this course, please take a minute to rate and review the series in Apple Podcasts. To share ideas for future audio courses, as always, send us an email. The address is trythis at washpost.com. I'm Christina Quinn. See you in class number four.